What in the fuck is up, everybody? Tony and Austin here. Welcome to the Wednesday show brought to you by the Great Girth Podcast. Austin, buddy, how's it going? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, I'm fucking fantastic now that I know the news for our um, our fucking state. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> See what I just did there? That was a plan. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm pretty sure a lot of you have read this or at least heard about it. I w- it made the news today. Was that correct? Um. Well, it w- was introduced. I'm sure that this. Um. Hold on, Tony. Hold on, I'm having a... I'll be right back. No, you, no, you're good. Okay, perfect. Well, Austin has stepped away and abandoned us for moments. Just want to take this moment to tell you all about how I'm proud of a new podcast I'm bringing to you starting April 30th. <laughs> April 30th, every Friday at 10 p.m. Well, starting April 30th. Fuck, got my shit all fucked up. I'm over here trying to use my power of my podcast to promote my other podcast. Okay, let's try that again. Starting April 30th, every Friday at 10 p.m., you guys can catch me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, all that fun shit, and hopefully pretty soon my own website for Grave Shift Podcast with Tony Trujillo. It's called Grave Shift with Tony Trujillo. That is trademarked, not to be used by the Chinese or Russians or any other fucking people. Anyway, um, I'm going to be doing small episodes that again, for the fifth time, you can catch every Friday at 10 p.m. By small, I mean like five to ten minute clips. It's going to be book and film reviews. My first one is going to be Stephen King's The Shining. And uh, surprise, on April 30th, I will be releasing a second episode just as like a little surprise for y'all. So you'll get two episodes. First one is uh, the book review of Stephen King's The Shining. The second episode will be the Danny Boyle horror film, zombie film, 28 Days Later. So mark your calendars, April 30th. And if you haven't already, check out my Facebook page to get the link to the brand new trailer for Grave Shift with Tony Trujillo, as well as the first episode, which is more of like a introduction to my theme song I picked out. I'm really proud of it, so y'all should check it out. Looks like our buddy Austin is back, so I will stop promoting my podcast. Sorry, there was a, a crazy person in the front of the house. No, you're good. I was using that moment to promote my other podcast. Yeah, I like sat down. I thought I heard like doors open in the car. We've had people go into people's houses and just like break into their cars and stealing stuff. Well, what the hell? I'm gonna run out there and beat some ass. So I thought I heard there's just some cat jumping out of the hood of the truck, denting, denting in the hood. So he goes boom. So this other car open. I'm like, what the hell? Get off my car, you piece of shit! About <laughs> to fight a cat. But no. Um... But, all right, I'm going to let you introduce this. So this bill was introduced on March 12th. Um, is a school discipline bill. I'm sponsored by Janet Buckner and Leslie Harold. Um, they are two state senators. Um, Janet Buckner is Dagnab in District 28. I don't know Leslie Harold, so I'm looking it up. That's why it's taking so long. Is District 8, so that's Denver. Um, so it'll so, just be the Denver County? So, well, this will happen. This is a statewide mandate. Son of a bitch. Keep going. But the, the bill requires the State Board of Education to promulgate rules to standardize the reporting method 
for the school districts and charter schools to report disproportionate discipline data to the Department of Education and Federal Department of Education biannual survey. So what that means is it's going to force all school districts to report all um, discipline data. So no matter how the school disciplines student, they have to be reported to the state education department. Um, and so um, this bill will also prohibit law enforcement officers from arresting students or issuing a summons, ticket, or notice requiring an appearance for a student in court or at a police station for certain offenses and conduct. The bill prohibits a school resource officer or law enforcer, law enforcer acting in their official capacity from handcuffing an elementary school student. Yeah, they're genius for sure. The bills require school districts and institute charter schools to adopt policies for selecting school resource officers. So just it makes it harder for uh, officer to become resource officer. Uh, the bill will require school districts, board of education, um, to adopt policy to report, address disproportionate disciplinary practice in public schools. Each school district institute charter school shall develop, implement an annual review, improvement plans to address disproportionate discipline practices by race, ethnicity, and gender. Um, so it's really just, really this is just going to put quotas on if you discipline too many black kids or white kids or you discipline too many people, they'll just assume that the principal is racist and come down on him for that. Oh yeah, it's definitely going to be a fucking race thing. The bill requires school districts to institute charter schools to just chronic absenteeism and disproportionate disciplinary practices in order to provide support to students who are identified as a risk of chronic absenteeism and disciplinary actions, including classroom removal, suspension, and expulsion. The bill amends the expelled and at-risk student services grant program to focus on services for students identified at risk of dropping out of school due to chronic absenteeism or disciplinary action. Essentially, your kid can be a piece of shit and other kids can fuck him up. They can do whatever they want. They can drug deal. They can fucking hurt each other as long as it doesn't lead to murder. And there will be no punishment for it, no crime. Uh, they can do whatever the fuck they want. It'll set them up for a brighter future to be a better drug dealer. Let's be honest. That's what this is, dude. If anyone supports this, I'm just going to say you're fucking retarded. You're clearly not thinking about your ch your children or your child's fucking protection, their well-being. This literally allows kids to beat the shit out of each other, and you can apparently grope your teacher. So according to the Denver Post, um, they say that it'll effectively legalize many major crimes in all Colorado public schools uh, and on school buses and at school-sanctioned events. Um, every student, including 18-year-old seniors, will be immune from arrest and even a ticket for a wide range of serial um, criminal offenses against students and teachers. Those crimes include violent physical assault, sexual battery, selling marijuana, false imprisonment, indecent exposure, street gang recruitment, theft, major property destruction, and more. So our kids aren't safe, and your kid's not going to learn about basically what it's what the consequences are of becoming a piece of shit. <laughs> your kids aren't going to learn in high school, but now they're also not going to learn until it's too fucking late. Yeah, and uh, also 
Remy makes a re school resource officer into a babysitter who can't do anything. Excerpt from this bill is a school resource officer or other law enforcement officer shall not arrest a student of the school or issue a summons, ticket, or other notice requiring appearance of a student of the school in court or at a play police station. It includes any conduct that continue any of the following offenses allegedly committed on the school's ground in a, in a school vehicle, at a school activity, or school sanctioned event. I know you probably already said it, but remind me whose fucking bright idea was this? Um, State Senator Janet Buckner and Representative Leslie Herod. Well, sure shit isn't Leslie Nope, otherwise it'd have been more peaceful. <laughs> uh, according to Denver Post, the violent assault that the Boulder mass shooter was convicted for in high school would have been protected from arrest by this bill. In that case, um, um, the man who we refused to say his name began punching a classmate in the head without warning or provocation. The piece, the coward knocked the victim to the ground, jumped on the defenseless student, and beat him mercilessly. Police found the victim bleeding from his nose and mouth and throwing up. His right eye swollen shut. The coward was charged with third-degree assault under SB 21-182. Police will be prohibited from arresting or even giving a student a ticket who committed third-degree assault against classmates, teachers, or others. Right. It would have protected him from the bullshit he did. And again, we're not going to name his name. Uh, he's simply merely just a piece of shit, garbage human being. Uh, pretty much any word you can think of that Ben Shapiro would be saying right now. But um, he would have been protected if that was the case. What's also crazy is this bill, according to the Denver Post, will, quote, embolden and empower bullies, sex offenders, thieves, perverts, and other lawbreakers who already dis disrupt the learning process, who cause far too many students to dread going to school every day. It'll exponentially magnify the sadness of danger those particularly vulnerable students who are already victimized, including LGBTQ, the developmentally disabled, students of color who are disproportionately harassed, intimidated by drug dealers and street gangs, and this bill protects the perpetrators while sacrificing the victims on the altar of political ideology. And I've never read something so close to perfect from the Denver Post in my entire life. Oh, me either. I read it and I was like, okay, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt because the Denver Post is a bunch of bullshit. But I was reading it, and then that's when I started looking into it a little more. And then, yeah, I asked you about it, and I'm like, oh, so this is a legit thing. And they're telling the truth when they write this. Whoever the fucking journalist was, they actually told the truth, so kudos to them. But, yeah, now uh, now your kid gets to be a victim. Um, now your kid is fully able to get murdered at school, or at least pounced on, and, you know, nothing will get done about it. Not like much is already being done, but right. still, we're going to turn the fucking police officers into babysitters. Also, we can protect a fucking political ideology and start another fucking ridiculous-ass race war that we're already losing anyway. So that's cool. Um, I hope anyone that's all for this definitely sees some results, and you might consider pulling your head out your ass. I mean, it kind of just depends. Some people's shit don't work that well, dude. Like, I can't say this better than when my grandfather once told me this. So we were talking about, like, shitty parents and shitty kids, and he was like, you know... When you have a child, usually it's kind of like a chip in a computer. Usually it'll react a certain way, and it's mostly the appropriate way, the way it's supposed to. But sometimes, just like computers and malfunctions, the shit doesn't work quite right up there. 
So then you got retarded parents that bang and they have, you know, more retarded kids. So now we're going to have kids bullying your kids, not learning a fucking thing from it, hopefully graduating high school. And when they do, they're going to end up going to prison right away. Because, again, if we don't teach them at an early age, there are consequences for what you do in this life. They're just going to go out and rape somebody or fucking rob a bank, and then, boom, you're done. You're like 18, prison. I reached out to a buddy at the state capitol and asked him if he knows if this is any chance of um, passing. It just seems like there's no way this would pass. I know Democrats at the state um, – I have texted a state senator and asked him if this is good, he thinks it's going to pass. Okay, hold on. Uh, my buddy just got back to me. Let's hear what he had to say, and then I have a question for you. Colorado Democrats killed their own bill to ban handcuffing on elementary students and prevent many arrests of tickets in school. Um, excellent. That happened today, at just an hour ago. Not less than an hour ago. So... Are call our citizens of you know Colorado citizens allowed to vote on this, or is this just like a this was we don't a, have a choice? This is a state bill in the Senate, and it didn't even pass committee. So even Democrats were like, "Yo, this is the stupidest bullshit I've ever seen in my entire life." It didn't pass committee. That's a good thing. So it went to it went to education committee. Uh, it looks like even the sponsors were like, "Whoa, this is bad," and let's pull it. Well, you know it's a big deal when even Democrats are like, holy shit, maybe we should pay attention. Um, Colorado Democrats killed off a priority bill on Tuesday. A policy they saw was designed to limit harsh punishment in schools, but one was fa- but but it faced heavy opposition from an unintended consequences. One of the most leading sponsors, Demo- Denver Democrat Representative Leslie Herod, said she and Senator Janet Buckner and Aurora Democrat are prepared to amend the bill to address concerns from law enforcement officials, educators, and others, but talks fell through late Monday. We had a path forward, and law enforcement came in and said no, Harrod said. She said both she and Buckner, who are not immediately available for comment, have received death threats from the public, and that despite constructive talks with school resource officers and school districts, the environment had gotten too toxic. Um, The policy, Senate Bill 182, would have heavily restricted law enforcement's authority, blah, blah, we know that. Uh, we know that. We know that. Uh, law, from the start, law enforcement officials voiced concerns about not being able to respond to such offenses. There are crimes that do occur in schools if we can't get involved. And the way this bill was written, we wouldn't have been able to get involved. It would have turned the schools into a breeding ground for crime, Jason Presley, the president of the Fraternal Order of Police, said in Arapahoe County. Um, he said that. He also said, we are always open to conversations and looking at how to improve. Uh, This includes discussions about the training and qualifications of school resource officers. In addition, we must stay focused on student safety. Consistent standards should exist both on and off school property to ensure the safety of all students and school personnel. Um, Which is just spot on. Great job. Right. Just another Um, way to stop the police from doing their job. Um, Dan Kaplis has a radio show here in Denver. Many of you probably listened to him. Um, he he um, he argued and said that it would empower bullies, sex offenders, thieves, and other lawbreakers. Was this Denver Post written by Dan Kaplis? Well, no, right. shit. It is written by Dan Kaplis. That's why it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I someone, from D- someone from Denver Post did not write it. So 
uh, it was in fact Dan Kaplis who wrote it. Good on Dan Kaplis, he's usually spot on. Yeah. Um, even parental advocacy groups and school executives who were supportive of the bill's sentiment were also concerned it went too far. The Colorado Society of School Psychologists had questioned how to implement such an overhaul to school disciplinary code due to lack of school psychologists in the state. And um, Representative Harrod said that Democrats will try again on this policy either later in the legislative session or next year. He's got only a little bit of session left. So the bill was a priority piece of legislation for the Black Caucus because data shows students of color are disproportionately likely to face harsher discipline at school, and Governor Jared Polis had been very vocally supportive. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're sitting at home... <laughs> I was going to say, or they commit the most crimes, statistically. But at the end of the day, people were talking about so many lies about the bill, it would allow for drug dealing? No, that's not a lie, Representative, because clearly, in the bill it say, states that, he, that, you, that a resource officer can't give a kid a fine arrest him for dealing drugs in the school what is he going to do walk over and say uh 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 no dealing drugs and then he's going to stop right I like anyone's ever listened to a police officer when they're committing I'm say, a crime i'm starting to think that the um senator representative who endorsed this who the prime sponsor this bill never met a child in their entire life well no shit that's where it starts is as a and child I'm, i mean which makes pretty, them learn from it and i'm pretty sure that of uh, janet buckner has like four kids, so how she doesn't know this already? Telling you, it's that woke culture coming into fucking everything. You know, it, it amazes me that anyone even thought this would be a great idea. That's the part that's fucking crazy. I'm like, wow, and there's probably a bunch of people that are like totally for it. I know two people that are for it on fucking Facebook, of all places, Facebook. Because I posted that thing and I had two people attack me like almost immediately and I was like, how are you okay with this? I know you guys have kids. There's no way you're fine with this, but people are fucking nuts. And it just looks like another way to stop police officers from doing their job. And it looks like they're trying to say, we have a problem with the community resources officer and all these people getting involved in handcuffing a minor who committed a fucking serious crime offense on school property. Like, yeah, that is concerning, but maybe you guys need to work on that shit a little more. Hmm, I don't know, maybe more policing. I do need to offer a correction. Um, Senator, the state Senator Butler has three children, not four. Well, thank God it's only three. <laughs> Still uh, had, one too much. I thought she had um, two sets of twins. She only has one set of twins. They're both going to end up in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wishing bad luck on them, apparently. Wow, they're not kids. They're like adults with kids too. So, um, no, but yeah, it, it's just clear that what happened was these um, stupid Democrats were like, you know what? It's gonna let, let make us look real great to the woke, um, ultra liberal, um, progressives right. in our party if we say like, oh, black kids and Mexican kids and brown kids and colored children. Are victims. Um, what, they're victims, and so we got to protect them with this bill. But that's what Democrats do. That's what people don't understand: is Democrats institute policies that say they're to help um, people of color and to help minority communities and to help low-income communities. And what it ends up turning into is those are the very policies keeping them down. Well, yeah, it's fucking condescending. If you're a minority like me or 
a person of color and you find anything Democrats say to be helpful, you should get smacked in the face because that's what they're doing is they're slapping you in the face. They're telling you that because of the color of your skin, you're helpless. They're yeah, calling like, you a victim. It's like the whole thing with voter ID laws and the new Georgia voting um, bill. It's like, oh, you have to have an ID. You absolutely have to have an ID to vote. No, and, and Democrats are like, well, black people don't know how to get IDs, so they, they can't vote because black people are too stupid to get IDs. Or people are, and that's that's all Democrat policies. Minority people are too stupid to live their own lives, that you right. are too stupid to live your own lives. No matter who you are out there, the Democrats think you're too stupid to run your own life, so they want crazy people like presidents who can't finish a sentence and an insane bartender to oh, run shit. your life for you. Fucking, how'd she even pass the bar? <laughs> like, all right. She did. Kamala Harris stupid. did not pass the bar. That's why she was a district attorney. Oh, yeah, that's right. I had my info wrong. Um, Republicans are pretty stupid, but, dude, Democrats, I am terrified of. Like, they are the most racist fucking people in this world. But it's, it's the thing that Ben Shapiro says. It's just, they're stupid Democrats, and Repu- there are stupid Democrats and stupid Republicans. The difference is that Republicans are just smart enough to realize that they're so stupid that the only person who should tell you how to live your life is you and not the government because Republicans are stupid. Exactly. They're smart enough to know when, oh, maybe we should stop taking the mask off so much and put it back on. At this point in time, Democrats don't give a fuck anymore, dude. They've taken that mask completely off. They don't care who they offend, and they will call out their fucking listeners and fans, dude. It's that famous saying, the left eats their own. They really do. And the, the, the most insane piece of all of it is you have to understand that – and I don't want – I, I don't want to seem – people have this view because people have watched House of Cards and they watch The West Wing and they watch all these political thriller TV shows and they think, oh – these politicians are the smartest and the best of us, the smartest people in the room, and they They're should some definitely of the be doing people. this. But let's be honest, I work in politics. This is my job. Politicians are just as stupid as you guys are. We're just good at hiding it. All right. I was going to say politicians are politicians because somebody voted them there. Or they worked I, hard to get where they're at, and then somebody gave them something else. They're just like you and I. I have I have sat in rooms with some of this. I will tell you right now, some of the dumbest people I've ever met are have been elected to public office. That's some sad shit on many levels. And what, what drives me nuts is people hold politicians in such high regard. And I, I myself am I, – I have moments when I become I, – I, I become – have a fandom of a certain politician. And it's never good to have an undying fandom of a politician. Like these people who are Beto O'Rourke fans because of what he did when he was in the House, and then he comes out and he runs for Senate, and he says a bunch of horrible things that they disagree with, but they stay Beto O'Rourke fans because they like Beto O'Rourke and they don't vote for Beto O'Rourke. You are the problem. Well, right. They need to start calling these people out as opposed to just idolizing them. It's never a good thing when you idolize a politician, and that's the truth. But a lot of us are guilty of it too. The problem is, is nobody stops to think about that either. They're like, oh, I like him because he's Republican, or I like what he has to offer, so I'm going to stick with that. Forget what he said about this group of people. And, like, there there are there are good reasons to idolize, have idolized politicians. Like, 
personally, my personal hero is Jeb Bush, former um, governor of the state of Colorado, of the state of Florida, and he's now one of the major education out education policy advocates in the entire country. But also, it's because he and I line up on a vast majority of policies, and also I admire what he's done in his personal life, not what he's done as a as a politician. No, I can understand that. I'm not saying it's wrong to like him. I'm just saying I think it's wrong to like everything about him and not question things they do. You should always question politicians, exactly, especially the ones you like. Because remember, they work for you. This is a government that works for the people, and if their bosses, who are us, aren't holding them accountable, then they'll run wild and run up a massive debt, and they'll just spend out the wazoo, and then get their liberal media buddies to tell you the debt isn't very bad. Right. It should never be vice versa. It's that um, saying, and I can't remember if it's from the Alan Moore comic, V for Vendetta, or if somebody had said it before then, but it's pretty famous in the V for Vendetta and graphic novel and movie where the anti-government, anti-establishment character basically says that People shouldn't fear their government. The government should fear the people. I 100% agree with that. I'm not an anarchist, but I 100% agree with that. We should not be giving these people that much power. We should not allow them to do the shit they're doing right now and have been doing. Let's be honest. Our system's old. It's time to start a new one. Revolution? No, I think think we have the best system ever created. I think our system is built to withstand crazy, insane people. Um, and I think that, uh, I, I very much think that our, I very much believe that our system is strong enough to maintain this, but it's going to require patriots and people who care about the country to start standing up and, and, um, actually speaking truth to power, whatever you, whatever silly garbage you want to say. Right. Stop being afraid of getting canceled or. Losing your job, or like, here's the thing I've found that's pretty nice about jobs: the job market is vast. If you lose a job, you can get another one. It's just people are fucking picky, and I get it. We all have a life. We all got bills we got to pay. But if you can't be yourself and you can't speak up about numerous topics, racism, problems in the office that are political, shit like that, then you are part of the problem. You're staying quiet and you're allowing this shit to happen. Not just in politics, it's everywhere. In schools, fucking work, mostly I've noticed it a lot in work. It happens a lot at work, but it's in schools as well. Now it's in our media. Well, I guess it has been in our media, but I think it's more present now, now that we're, you know, we're seeing people get canceled or fired for speaking up about why they don't like Joe Biden or why they don't agree with the left on this and that or the right. Mostly the left. But people got to fucking stand up. Way too many people are afraid. Which is why we have a hard time finding a guest for this show, because a lot of people are afraid to not only speak up and talk from the heart, but to be associated with people that do it. I mean, let's be be honest, I'm not going to tell anyone where you work. (laughs) They'll find you. They will kill you. (laughs) No, but, um, did you see that video of John Oliver about the national debt? I have not. I usually watch John Oliver, and it's a lot of really, a lot of um, pretty good stuff usually. 
But this this um thing about the national debt was absolutely horrendous. He was talking about how the national debt being at twenty eight trillion dollars was good. How is it good? And he go and he talked about oh if you spend money it brings GDP up and it's like people got to stop using GDP as a gauge for health. There's we have eighty five thousand dollars of debt per citizen in the country, and that's that's the people who don't pay taxes. It includes children. There's two hundred and twenty four thousand dollars of debt per U.S. tax taxpayer. Well, I'm assuming the people that are all about that are the same people that were like, the economy has to crash for people to understand that Trump doesn't work. Like they were all for our fucking country falling apart. Right now, we have a hundred and twenty-nine percent GDP to debt to GDP ratio. I'm gonna have to watch this video. This guy sounds like a fucking idiot. But uh, so. The United States has easily the most debt of any country in the entire planet. Do you want to guess who has the most debt after the United States? China. Japan. Hmm. Um, There's a lot of people living there. Japan. Do you know what number, what that number is that debt for Japan? I don't have a clue. What is it? Fourteen trillion dollars. So there is a fourteen trillion dollar difference between Japan and the United States. Well, we should probably clear this up because people ask this question all the time: Who are we in debt to? Uh, mostly U.S. citizens. So, how the United States borrows money is you know what uh, like U.S. secured bonds are. I asked you why yeah. you took a drink. <laughs> no, no, no. I know what it is. Uh, yeah, so U.S. bonds, for people at home who don't know what U.S. bond is, it's a sheet of paper that you buy for, uh, say, 1500 bucks, and the U.S. government will pay you in installments back. If you have a 401k or you have an IRA or you have anything like that, you probably have some U.S. bonds. So it's a very secure investment. They never miss a payment, blah, 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 blah. Right. So that's what a lot of people are saying. It's like it's not bad because it's – putting money back into the um, economy two different ways. The issue is inflation is a thing that happens. And when the government tranches out these massive spending bills, like the massive um, ransom note to the teachers' unions, that was the the third coronavirus stimulus package, or the new um, the new um, infrastructure bill, where only thirteen percent of all the money goes to roads and bridges. Right. Sorry, I just asked because you know people. Some people aren't. <sighs> some people aren't really smart. <laughs> some people so, don't know this shit like you and I do. Like. I actually spend time looking at this shit, especially when I'm supposed to be working. I'm just like, you know, I'll look it up. A lot of people are just like, huh? So what happens is the government is literally just 
printing money at this point, which increases, which lowers the value of your dollar. And if you want to know what happens when a, when a country goes into massive debt, has outside influence, and then their and inflation crashes their currency, in Germany before World War II, they did it, and they were literally burning money instead of firewood because it was cheaper to just burn your money than it was to burn firewood. Which is sad. There's an old, there's an old joke that's uh, a German man uh, went to go buy a loaf of bread, so he took his money and he loaded it up into a wheelbarrow. And he and he walked all the way down to uh, he walked all the way down to the market to get the wheelbarrow, and he realized I forgot my car, I forgot my punch card. This is I'm allowed to get a loaf of bread today, so I gotta go back home and get my loaf of bread. So he walks all the way back home and leaves the um, money in the wheelbarrow, and he comes back and his money is just sitting in a pile on the floor, and someone stole his wheelbarrow. Because the money was so is so worthless. Yeah, that's what we're becoming. Oh shit! Speaking of money, have you checked out Ben Shapiro's debunk series yet? I have not. Bro, you're missing out. The newest one that he did was on rent control, which was fucking good. He explains to everybody basically why rent is where it's at, and it's to go along with another one he did that was about. The $15 minimum wage, basically explaining that when you raise the minimum wage, you raise the cost of living. And that's kind of what the rent control is. And I really feel like even if people don't like Ben Shapiro, they should watch this show, dude. It'll teach you so much. Dude's fucking smart. That and Prayer U has got some really great videos. If you're just starting out your delve into conservatism or you're trying to learn what you believe about economics, Go watch Prager University. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of his greatest videos is he talks about tax policy and how three – it's four brothers. They all go and they are uh, – four bro- – well, we'll use their bar situation. So ten people all go to a bar together, and they decide to go to a bar together and all drink, okay? And so – hold on. We should use the well, – that's too long. We'll talk. We'll use the brothers situation. Four brothers move into a three na- brothers run, go into a neighborhood together. Okay, right. and um, they each buy similar houses on similar plots of land with the same um, thing. The first brother, he lives by himself. He makes about thirty thousand dollars a year. The second brother, um, he's married. He makes about thirty five thousand. His wife makes about thirty five thousand. Um. Then, or the first one, his the first one isn't single. He's married. His wife just stays home. Second one, they're both married. They both work. They both make about thirty thousand. Combined income is sixty. The um then the older oldest brother, he works. His wife works. He makes about eighty thousand. His wife makes about eighty thousand. About one hundred sixty thousand dollars a year. Uh, so they both, all three, own a house in this cul-de-sac. They all privately own the cul-de-sac. Um, one day, a group of teenagers come and they go down the street and they end up spray painting all of their cars and their um, walls and stuff. So Bastards. the the brothers all agree they're going to build. They want to build a fence all the way around the community, all around their thing, and put a gate at the entryway to their uh, cul-de-sac. Oh shit! They want and a wall. So, 
So they built the so they build the fence, and when it comes time to pay the um, contractor, the contractor comes. I built the fence. I built the gate. It's time to pay me. The first brother, the oldest brother, says, "Okay, we'll all split it evenly. We're all evenly protecting our houses, um, so we'll all split it all evenly. The um, cost is a hundred dollars. So they said each brother will pay thirty-four dollars. Uh, but the second and the first brother say, "Oh no, oh no! Um, you make so much more money than us. We right. should vote on how much we pay." And so the middle brother. Or so the younger brother says we should divide it among how much we make. Since I make the least, I'll pay nothing. The middle brother, he'll pay thirty-four dollars. And the older the oldest brother, he pays sixty-eight dollars. Fucked up. So but the oldest brother's like, you know, we're protecting all of our houses equally just because my wife decides she wants to work and I work longer hours to make extra money. Why should I have to pay for more of the fence. So exactly. the middle brother decides, you know what? We will actually, I make so little money. My other little brother makes all the money. The oldest brother should just pay all of it because he makes the most money. So they say, you have to pay the $100. So the older brother says, okay, screw that. I'm not going to pay him. I'm going to move. The oldest brother moves out of the cul-de-sac. The fence never gets built. And the houses get spray painted all the time. Right. That's what happens. And it, it really visualizes how tax policy and all all these kinds of policies um, hurt people. This is real life examples. I can't endorse Prager University enough. Exactly. It goes back to that famous saying that we can't tax the rich anymore. They pay most of the taxes. And everybody is always saying the same shit. Well, they have all that money. I'm like, yeah, well, some of them actually worked for it. It's not okay to be greedy, but it's also not okay to put a gun to someone's head and tell them, you have to pay it because we say so. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you don't need all that fucking money. Like, uh, I know someone that hates Jeff Bezos with a passion, and I'm like, dude, I support local businesses too, but... Amazon, in some cases, is cheaper and it's more convenient, so they're getting my money. No, he does not need the money that he fucking has. Again, that's his company. It's his money. So, you can't just, like, go, no, you gotta pay more. And what also pisses me off more than a lot of things, if we look at Jeff Bezos' net worth, people see Jeff Bezos' net worth is... What is Jeff Bezos' net worth? It is $188.5 billion is Jeff right. Bezos' net worth. That dude will never spend all that money. Nope. There's but no the, fucking way. The thing that really pisses me off a lot of the time is people go, oh, well, then he has $188.5 billion sitting in his bank account. No, like, that's not how that works. People don't understand what net worth means. Yeah, that means people still Amazon. pay bills. How much is Amazon well, dude, there's, worth? There's employee salaries, insurance. There's a bunch of shit that people don't factor into. And Amazon itself is worth $1 trillion. So, yeah, it's still not enough to justify giving everyone $20 an hour. So close to and, and Bezos, I think, owns around ten percent at this point. Right. He's also the CEO. So 
that most of the money that he owns is in um is um it's in Amazon. It's what keeps it going. It's in Amazon. It's it's in stock in Amazon. It's not stock. It's but he's got money in Amazon. He doesn't have a hundred eighty billion dollars sitting in the bank account. Retards. He's just worth that much because he owns a home and probably more than one home. He owns some vehicles. Those count. He yeah. owns. He owns that business, and that all gets put into his. Um, into his net worth and people just don't understand that well they don't understand what net worth means they look that up and they automatically think that's how much money that person has or makes and i'm like no that's not the case at all like um walmart's a good example i fucking hate walmart man i've worked for them i think they're one of the most greediest greedy corporations in the world but i actually looked into the math dude they could not afford to play pay employees all the same rate yeah, and give them insurance and all the shit, and I was like bewildered. I was like, "Damn, I couldn't believe I didn't know any of this." Like, literally, they couldn't do it, dude. They would go bankrupt. And also, the thing is, like, my net worth—I have a six thousand, about a six or seven thousand dollar net worth. I don't have six thousand bucks sitting in a bank account. I can't afford to go out and buy something for six thousand dollars right now. I don't even have seven hundred dollars in a bank account. <laughs> like, my shit yeah, comes and goes. I just went to the grocery store. I'm down to four dollars and twelve cents. Well, all that money, store. right? All that money that's their net worth—that's what's pretty much being spent. That's not money that they have. That's mostly money that's being well, spent. It's well, being also, put towards their shit. Also, it's it's also like, oh, Jeff Bezos owns a thirty percent stock in this in so and so company. That thirty three percent of that company is worth one point six million dollars. Right. So. He doesn't have six hundred million, and if he tried to sell that stock, that stock probably doesn't sell for what people say it's worth in the net worth. Yeah, and they say, oh, his car is worth one point six billion, and his or one point six million. His um, cars are all worth seven and a half million billion dollars or whatever, and all that adds up. But how much of that is he able to? If we were to tax him at a hundred percent of what he's of what he owns. How much of that is actually in money that he'd actually be able to pay? Exactly. And Amazon would suffer. The company would suffer. Employees would suffer. People don't take that into fact. I mean, here's the thing, too. I was just thinking about this. So when you have a business and you pay someone the same amount as what you'd make as the owner, there's no progress. There's no money being made. In fact, all that money's being spent. There's just no way to spend it when no money's being made. And I'm sorry, but call me greedy. It's my company. I'm not You're right. If you make if you make my t-shirts for my company, I'm not paying you the same money that I make for owning the company. It doesn't work that way. Like none of us are making any fucking money if that's the case. That's exactly right. Well, people think that money grows on trees too. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And when they print it, someone's paying for that later. Usually the generation after. Like all these stimmy checks. Yes, they're nice, but guess who's paying for it? Our children's children. Our children are fucked. I mean, we're fucked as it is, but this free money you're getting, this socialism money, uh, that's coming out of somebody's pocket. I don't think people think about this shit. They really believe that the government just has this kind of money. They think that we actually have this money sitting around. I'm like, hold on. Where's it coming from? Who's paying for it? Because somebody pays for it. There is no such thing as free. It's coming from that 23% increase in corporate tax rate. 
Yes, that is why companies suffer. And then that's why you have budget cuts. So when you're in the office next time and they tell you to write your name on a cup or to put on the inventory list every time you took a fucking notepad, that's why. It's because all you motherfuckers are begging for more vacation days. And because corporations do not pay taxes. You pay taxes. Yes. Okay? If I, if I make... I make I bottle make bottle and sell sweet tea for a living. Okay, let's pretend I do that. Right. I own a, I, I own Austin Bubba Austin sweet tea. Okay, Bubba so we're sitting here we're working Bubba Austin sweet tea. Okay, <laughs> and I I have a budget set up. Like okay, it costs me um it costs me fifteen dollars for tea. It costs me ten dollars for sugar. It costs me. Um, one hundred fifty dollars for water and electricity cost me um two hundred dollars in um labor, and it cost me fifteen fifteen dollars in um and it cost me fifteen dollars yeah it cost me fifteen dollars um in bottles and shipment and then ten dollars in cash okay right um. Uh, I thought I had my. I thought it's cool. I had my calculator pulled up. That Texas calculator. But I was not cool. You do that, and I'm gonna go ahead and look at some TikTok baddies. You do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, that's four hundred dollars. It cost me to make, let's say, twenty bottles of sweet tea. Okay, so we divide that right. by twenty. Boom. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta charge. Twenty dollars a bottle, okay? God These damn, are not dude. accurate numbers. Twenty dollars a bottle. We'll say these are like ten gallon bottles or something to make the price look. That shit better taste like fucking gold. It's bubble office. The closer to this. Now, now we'll just do that again, but instead of ten dollars in taxes, now I have to pay twenty five dollars in taxes. No way, yeah, twenty bottles. Now I gotta charge everybody twenty dollars and seventy five cents for tea, and that's not just me. Because guess what happens, guys? The fifteen dollars for the tea goes up because they have to pay the tea company has to pay the taxes. So now I gotta pay twenty for tea. I gotta pay fifteen for sugar. I gotta pay two hundred dollars <laughs> for this, and labor usually stays about the same. Now I gotta pay thirty dollars for that. And so there, I'll divide that by 20, and I got to sell these bottles of, of tea for $24.05. Right. Look how fucked you are now. You're on ramen. So guess what, folks? If you want to pay more for products, you know what? Screw that. That's not okay. It's not about you wanting to pay more for products. It's about the single mom who lives, who can barely make ends meet now as it is, you increase corporate tax rates, and guess what? Now she can't afford to get bologna to make bologna sandwiches. So now we got kids eat American cheese singles rolled into one piece of bread because mommy can't afford bologna because bologna went up $2 because someone wanted to tax the Barks Corporation because they don't know a thing about economics. Imagine going to school for economics and not knowing a single thing about how economics work. That would be most liberal arts colleges. <laughs> so it's about that's what Democrats don't understand. They're so 
They're so dead set on the government has to take care of you. The government needs to give you all these monetary incentives. They don't think about the monetary problems that these things are going to happen to these people. Imagine, right. I don't even want the government to take care of me. Imagine the senior citizen family who is living off $600 a month in Social Security checks who could barely pay their electricity bills, but now you just outlawed new oil and gas taps so it increases the cost of electricity by 10%. And now they can't keep their house warm. Exactly. Rent goes up too. That single mom can no longer afford rent. Now she's got to make an OnlyFans. Guess what? They're going to tax her on that too. She's got to do her taxes. Now she has to make another OnlyFans account or another business. she got to do DoorDash on top of that job at McDonald's. Not saying that's what single moms do, but that's kind of what you got to resort to when you have a kid before marriage and let's face it, you have a GED or barely a diploma. You're not, there's not much you could do. I mean, you can go to college for sure, but even then it's not a guarantee. And when you're sitting there saying, I need more money and pay, you're going to get that, but then you're not going to work more because you got to pay rent. And, and you can't afford that fucking shit. But it's how it works with ener- Democrats' energy policy, how it works with minimum wage. It, it's how it works with uh, tax policy. And that's how Democrats operate. They think if we just give people more money from the government, it will solve their problems. But what they always forget is that the only way to add value to somebody's life is by creating something new, whether it's exactly. a new car, whether it's a new shirt, whether it's a new sock, whether it's a new burger, no matter what it is, the only way to increase value and increase value is by the creation of new products and services. And just paying someone just to sit on their butt does not help anybody. Sure, your GDP is going to shoot up in the air, but guess what creditors don't care about? Guess what your wallet doesn't care about? Guess what, yes. guess what your bill payers don't accept? They don't take GDP as as um, payment for bills. They only take money. The only way to really make money in this is to be creating new products and services. And that's what Democrats don't understand. They think that we could just pay everybody for doing nothing. That all we have to do is tax the most wealthy people who created new goods, created new services, and give it to people who haven't created new goods or services on the same scale as they have. Well, it's a vicious cycle. So, like, when rent goes up and when food goes up, and then you got more people on unemployment, or they get more in food stamps, government assistance, but then that means that money's got to come somewhere, too. So then more people get taxed, such as people like me or you or people that don't have any assistance at all. Then they get taxed even more. Like, I've looked at my stepfather's fucking stamps, or his, um, sorry, his pay stubs, I've seen him because he showed them to me, and I'm like, dude, you get taxed a lot. And that's just because the fact that we have to shell out more money to people that can't afford to eat for, you know, just to eat or just to pay rent. It's all a vicious circle, dude. There's recycle, whatever. I don't think people will take that into fact. Again, it goes back to what I was saying. Money does not grow on trees. It has to come from somewhere. Unfortunately, it's the rich paying for it. And the problem is, is way too many people are okay with the ideology that we got to force them to pay more because they make more. Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And the thing is, Jeff Bezos has a lot more money than me. But Jeff Bezos has also created a lot more jobs, a lot more products, a lot more services. He created a company that we rely on. That's rightfully his company. 
Could you imagine waking up the next day and Amazon is gone? Right. What the fuck are you gonna do? What are you gonna you quit shop because you tax the shit eBay? out of them? No, dude. eBay sucks. It's like horrible. I have to use it to get these fucking rare ass books, and that takes forever, dude. I'm talking two, three weeks to get a book. I can go buy the same book that's a modern day public publication version for literally like ninety percent cheaper, and I get it the next day. Imagine not having that. It's it's just that Democrats are here's the big difference between Democrats and Republicans. Democrats care only about immediate gratification. If right. it feels good right now, then it must be inherently good. And this oh, yeah. is the thing that Den- more, more, again we're more. going back to Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager, Dennis Prager explains the difference between the left and the right. The left says, does this feel good? Does it immediately feel good? If it does, then that means that it is good. The right looks at it and says, is this doing good? If it's doing good, then it must be good. Right. And that's where Democrats and Republicans have this constant clash of ideas because Democrats are saying, oh, tax cuts. Tax cuts drop our GDP. Tax cuts... um, put us into debt, and tax cuts make us cut Social Security and Medicare. But when you look at tax cuts, a few years after the tax cuts, government um, revenue, tax, government, tax, government tax revenue, increases. Right. Because with low taxes and low regulation come more businesses back into America come new founding of new businesses and a newfound growth ability from those businesses. But overtaxation, overregulation leads to companies leaving the country, leads to less um, creation of new businesses and a stunting of new business growth. Right. And if anyone believes that the government should take care of them, let's face it, they didn't pay attention in class. Is the government big enough to give you everything you want? Is the government big enough to take it all away? Take it all away, yep. That's exactly what it is. They already do it, man. Like, you fucking... This is the dumbest thing to me, but there's also reasons for it, and I completely understand it. A, being that the government can't tax it. You cannot... And I don't know if this is, like, everywhere. I know it's for sure here in Colorado. You can't go outside and put buckets to collect rainwater. That's highly illegal. Well... The reason why it's illegal here in Colorado is because Colorado is the main waterway for like 12 states. Well, yeah, no, seriously. But they can't really tax that either because it's a business that you don't have to pay taxes for if you actually are able to make a living off of it. I mean, look at farmers. They still got to pay taxes. They got to pay for all that equipment. (laughs) I'm going to get a little off topic, but have you seen that fucking Facebook meme where somebody's like, why do we need farmers when you could just get your corn from the local Albertsons? Oh, yeah. Someone, someone <laughs> said, you know, why do we need farmers, farms anymore? I get all my food from the grocery store. From the grocery store. <laughs> like, uh, where do you think that came from, you fucking moron? Have you seen, is, have you seen, that, um, have you seen that video about um, – it's from uh, Family Guy. And Stewie walks in and talks to Brian. He goes, oh, look, she's got big breasts. So you can – Use your, so you can play tractors and on her breasts or whatever adults do with big breasts. I like the one where he, it's a real. He's in the tub 
with Meg and he farts and they laugh and then she quits and he's like, ah, and he jumps. <laughs> oh, sorry. I had to get off topic for a minute. I love politics. I love talking to them, but man, it does get exhausting, especially because anyone that's listening right now is usually upset or they're like, I totally agree, which is rare. It's usually people that just get upset and go, man, I can't wait to fucking talk about this shit. <laughs> I do it all the time. Like, oh, this sucks. I can't wait to talk shit about it on the podcast. But yeah, I think it's a really great place to close that conversation down. Is is just remember, this should be everybody's motto in life. Is a government big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take it all away. Exactly. And you know what? If you want communism, socialism, all that shit, just remember the government controls it. You can suck my American balls. <laughs> <laughs> you can select these American ass nuts while you're at it. <laughs> no, but seriously, like in a communist or a socialist dictator type of government, you can't make new things. You don't get a fucking iPhone. You might, but when the guy that created that company is told by the government what he can and can't do with products, He's not making that shit anymore. He's moving to Mexico. Yeah, he's going elsewhere. That's the beauty of capitalism is you're allowed to be creative and innovative. Like You can make new things for people. In a society where everyone picks and chooses on who gets what and who does what, nothing happens. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be a police officer if you make the same amount of money as I do and you flip signs. Oh, Fuck please. that. Imagine paying a doctor the same imagine, imagine paying the doctor the same amount as the guy who works at Burger King does. Yeah, no, I would not fucking save lives. Fuck that. If I was in that society and someone brought me a woman who was dying, she's fucking dying. I'm not saving her life. Like, no, I'm not getting any money out of this. Fuck that. I'll just go eat a burger. Yeah, Tony's like, yo, it's not worth the risk. No fucking way. Yeah, I'm not going to even get paid to live. They say you will because it's equal, but I'm like, dude. It's not equal when you have to work harder. That's the imagine, issue. Imagine, imagine telling someone who digs ditches for a living, who probably right now makes 30 bucks an hour. Yeah. You have to dig ditches at $30 an hour, or, or we'll do something even better. So, say, you live in, say you live in southern Texas, and the guy who digs ditches makes 15 bucks an hour. He digs ditches for a living. He makes pretty good money. $15 an hour, pretty good money. Then... National minimum wage goes to $15 an hour. And magically, all of a sudden, the dude who, uh, the dude, the dude who does, I, this is going to offend somebody. I can already tell the guy who does security <laughs> <laughs> starts getting paid $15 an hour to do the same work as the dude's digging ditches. There's no offense right. to Tony or anything, but, you know, digging ditches is a lot harder than being a security guard. No, it is. Matter of fact, if I was the guy doing the ditches, I'd go to me and be like, hey, are you guys hiring? I'm yeah, not doing exactly. the ditches anymore. And no Fuck one that. would dig the ditches. Nobody would pick the plants. Nobody would farm. Nobody would police our streets. If no everybody one, could get paid the same amount, nobody's doing the hard jobs. There'd be no doctors or dentists or chiropractors. There'd be no um, construction workers. Everybody would be like, oh, well, I work at McDonald's. I, yeah, I the salads in the morning. You're telling me I could take care of my family if I literally was a mailman. Oh, fuck that. You're telling me I could do the same thing if I was at McDonald's? I'm going to McDonald's. Egg, that's exactly right. But uh, 
we have hit our hour mark perfectly, I should say. This has been a great episode. It's actually very educational. I hope some people actually got something out of this instead of sitting here going, man, these two morons really irritate me. <laughs> I hope people really listen to this. And then here we go with Austin and his fucking tea. He's already got an idea going. <laughs> great girl <group> tea. <laughs> he made it with some Lipton and sugar. That was really girth tea. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. You can check us out at www thegreatgirthpodcast.com again for those of you that didn't hear oh yeah that's right hold on Austin take it away man we got some good news we are we were selected probably out of a very large pool to be part of a new audio platform Uh, it's like the YouTube of podcasts so so what the issue that they've been had what the issue with podcasts is you can only listen to these hour-long, two-hour-long podcasts. There's not a lot of short-form content. It's just purely audio for people to listen to. And one of the things that the founders of this company decided, there needs to be a thing where you can use these um, search sites to say, how do I do this? Teach me about this individual. So so you go to Audacity, you say, teach me about um, the minimum wage. And our five minute short that you just heard about the minimum wage will be there for you to quickly to and get a quick dip dive on. It's going to yeah. increase everybody's reach and access to information that comes from podcasts and really and really streamline people's ability to use podcasts as an informational source, not just as a way to kill time. Exactly. And that is, um, I believe it's live now um, to the public. So, when we get the website uh, IP address and we get everything running, we'll uh, do a little name drop for you guys. But, yes, it is called Audia. It's basically a search engine, but for many different things, especially for artists, especially podcasters, it'll make getting viewership easier for podcasters. It'll also make exposure easier for listeners. And it's not, like Austin said, it's not just to kill time. It's for many different things. You can search in how to a bunch of freaking different videos, short videos from long podcasts will show up. And that'll give you an option to be like, hey, I want to hear more from these guys. And then, boom, you'll land on my website and my nuts will be on your chin. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I had to throw that in there. But, um, yeah, we'll talk more about this down the future. We'll keep you guys updated. In the meantime... Keep going to that homepage, baby. You got to go to www.thegreatgirdpodcast.com, okay? Got to go there, or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and all that social is bullshit. Otherwise, Austin, buddy, I will see you on Monday. Adios.